you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Tapeheads is a production of iHeartMedia and the NFL. Welcome to a brand new edition of Tapeheads Draft Season. One step closer to the NFL Draft. On this podcast, again, we try and dive behind the X's and O's. And we don't do the mock drafts as much as we try and take you into the actual process of how teams break the players down, put together their board, and make you look hopefully smarter than your buddies at the bar on draft night. Bob Oshusen, longtime radio voice of the Jets, also college football for ESPN. Greg Cosell, who's been breaking down the tape, the All-22 for NFL Films for the better part of four decades. And Mike Dettelier, who joins us now from New Orleans. You can hear him not only on WWL in New Orleans, but also on Saints and LSU broadcasts. 36 years of putting together an NFL draft report. So this is his time of year as well. And we maybe we could start for the listeners, uh, the show off with a contest, Greg, of can, when you hear the three of us speak, figure out which two guys live in Jersey and which guy doesn't. <laughs> I think they can be hard to tell that pretty easily. Yeah, I figured that one out real quick. <laughs> there it is. Mike, Thanks so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. It. Thank you, guys. Hey, you know, let's look wide-angle lens just at the start because we want to take a dive into some of these LSU prospects that I know you see literally every snap of football they play. You live in SEC country. The SEC dominates the draft. We expect it might dominate the first round of this draft. But you also, I mean, 36 years putting together a draft report, you look at the whole country and the whole draft. So you check every box for us. Going back to when you first started to put together a draft report until now, what are the biggest evolutionary changes you've seen in the game where now the draft is just different than it was with the ones that we grew up watching? I think, one, how it's covered. It was much earlier when I first started. And I do believe coach involvement now is much more than ever before. They'll always say, oh, we all together, it's a kumbaya deal. But it's really not. I think that they got a lot of coaches in this NFL that especially those early picks, they have tremendous say. I think in the past that wasn't the case. I, I think the GM had all the say, so to speak. 
because it was an earlier draft and coaches didn't get involved as much. Now you got head coaches, assistant coaches, everybody getting involved. The medical part of a player being injured late and you say, man, he's going to drop dramatically. That's not necessarily the case anymore. We saw it with Jeffrey Simmons a few years back. Yep. He dropped a little bit, but not a ton. I think you'll see it a little bit this year with Jamison Williams, where he'll drop a little bit, but nothing like it would have happened 30 years ago. So I think those are the two elements in play. And even back then, quarterback was priority. Today, it's paramount. And I do believe that every draft has its own little road that it goes down. This draft class, the road is linemen. It's offensive, defensive linemen, edge rushers. And you're going to see a ton of them. Half of the first and second round are going to be offensive, defensive linemen. And for quarterbacks, that's not the greatest thing. But it is what it is. But quarterbacks trump everything. I work with three of them every week. And the one thing they're absolutely right about is that, Mike, no matter what, quarterbacks are paramount and they're going to jump. And you're going to see in this draft class, Probably in January, people were uh, maybe one or two in round one. You'll probably have four in round one. Yeah. Bob, if I could play off a couple of things Mike said, yeah. number one, and I think I said this a number of weeks ago, that I always believe that there's, in a sense, two drafts. There's a quarterback draft and the rest of the draft. And I think that, you know, two months ago, everybody said there's no first-round quarterback. And as Mike just said, that's not going to happen. There's going to be first-round quarterbacks. And it wouldn't surprise, I think, any of us if there were three or four in the first round. The other point that Mike said that I think plays into the evolution of the game that you and I have been talking about, Bob, is coaches being more involved. The game now is much more scheme-based, and Mike, I think you would agree, than it was years and years ago. So now the reason coaches get involved so much is because they're thinking about scheme adaptability because there are so many things they do defensively with scheme that did not exist. 30 years ago, 25 years ago. Now that is the foundation, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. So there's so much that coaches want to make sure they see. They might see a player who maybe doesn't have high-level traits to be a top 20 or 30 pick, but that coach sees him, hey, he fits that role in my defense. And even if he only plays 25 snaps a game, you know what? Those are 25 really important snaps. It's role-playing, so to speak. Yep where we see it much more today than ever before. And this sort of, if you put it in parentheses, fast break basketball on a football field, that's what you're seeing today. It's really fast break basketball, but on a football field. And who can help you either score points or stop scoring? And even if it's a role player, I think it's paramount you get those guys. And, and that's why... The draft process has changed. A five foot seven, five foot eight guy 30 years ago, he would have probably scratched off that list. I'll never forget Richie Pettibone telling me, man, I went to see a little guy in Texas. I don't know if he can play or not. I said, well, who, who you went to see? He said, Daryl Green, uh, as small as he is, I hope when he tears open that shirt, he's got the red S under it. Like <laughs> super so two weeks into camp, I said, hey, Richie, does Daryl have the red S? He said, yeah. A big one. So, I mean, you can see there are those type players still. And, but 
even more abundant today than ever before in the NFL. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because it actually leads me to a conversation I had a few years ago with an NFL personnel guy. When leading up to the draft, he said, you know, people make fun of the mock drafts, but as you get closer and closer to the draft, I find those mock drafts start to get a little more accurate, especially the ones that are, you know, the most publicized because you have to figure the guy that has been doing it the longest, like you did it for 36 years, knows the most people you're going to have a conversation Right with a guy as you get closer to the draft that might give you some information. Greg and I were talking in the last episode about how long, you know, far along the teams are now in formulating their boards. I mean, they're way far along, right? We only got a couple of weeks to go before the actual draft. How much, when we see these mock drafts kind of changing around these last couple of weeks, do you think that is from guys like you talking to folks in the league? and maybe getting a more accurate picture on what they actually think of players as opposed to just what maybe a mock draft guy is getting from watching the tape alone. I think if you have a good relationship with that guy, he's going to kind of tell you where he's going. It may not be exactly, but he leads you down that road. Others say, well, you know, I'll play a little bit of poker with you. Okay, yeah, but you just told me exactly who you were going to pick. Okay, and then... Two weeks from now, when you make the selection, you made that pick. I think today there are very few secrets in the NFL. Now, I think trades sometimes will change an opinion. But as far as secrets or secret players or guys, kind of hidden guys, you don't see that. Every once in a while, you'll see a couple of picks in round one. You say, man, what the world was that about? And I always say, you know what that's about? a head coach getting involved. Yep. I fell in love with that guy when he came here for the interview. I really want him on my team. I don't care what's on that board. I want him because I'm the guy that's eventually going to pay the price if it don't work out. And that's where you will see a little bit of a difference as far as how a team has it graded and how a coach looks at things. You know, he wants to win now. He doesn't have a tomorrow. Very few of those guys do. And so if he thinks that player can win for him now, he's going to jump that board. He's going to absolutely jump it. And we've heard some great stories throughout the years about coaches pleading in a room to trade up to get a certain guy you didn't even have to trade up for. But he's itching for that player. That does occur. No matter what they tell you, you know, publicly, privately, a lot of that does go on. Yeah, the question I'd have, Mike, is what do you think, you know, we always hear the platitudes with the draft, you know, best player available, all that stuff. But when all said and done, with very few exceptions, wouldn't you say that teams draft for need more than anything? Yeah. Now, obviously, they're not going to draft a guy they have ranked 75th. You know, they're not going to draft that guy fifth. But when all said and done, they got to fill spots on their roster. They got to get better in certain positions or they can't compete. So they're drafting need. Yeah. And the thing about drafting best player available, you can have yourself loaded on one position and real short on another. So I've never believed that best player on the board theory. Yeah. It might be the best player on the board at the biggest need position. You know, it's one of those type yep. of things. But but I've never believed that. And and I do think for many coaches. They don't have an opportunity to watch those guys during the fall. You may get a glimpse of it because, okay, you're preparing for a game. 
That's where the major colleges have an advantage. I've seen in Alabama. I've seen in Ohio State. I've seen a Texas A&M or LSU. I've seen a USC game. And I've spotted a guy. And it's it's crazy how that comes into play, too. You'll hear a coach say, man, I, I watched a game, and not all of it, but I saw this guy from this particular school. And I really liked him, went back and did the little study research on him. So I think that also is an advantage to the major college player that every game's on TV. But in feature games, I do think it's a huge advantage for him. Well, Mike Dettelier in New Orleans, on radio down there, obviously on the Saints and LSU broadcast, but also for the better part of four decades put together his own draft report. We're going to talk some players next. We're going to focus on some of the best in the SEC. Of course, some of the best of the SEC play right there in Baton Rouge. Uh, so we will talk a few guys that are prospects now. What will be the difference makers in the NFL in a few years? We continue with Mike Dettelier next on Tapehead's draft season. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Right back on Tapehead's draft season, Bob Wachusen, Greg Cosell, and Mike Dettelier in New Orleans, an expert on LSU, SEC football, and of course, put together his own NFL draft guide for the better part of 36 years. And, and Mike, let's get to, and Greg, maybe you jump in with some of the LSU guys that intrigue you the most, because that's right in Mike's backyard, and there are some guys from LSU that are going to be on the board taken early. We know that. Yeah, well, I think the guy we have to start with, of course, is Derek Stingley. And and I watched his tape. I, I think I watched him in all his games almost, Mike. And you've obviously seen that as well. Give, give us your sense of Derek Stingley as a prospect and what do you think he can be in the NFL? In 2019, Derek Stingley, and, and I've said this and written it, I think he's one of the three best athlete football players I've ever seen at LSU. Whoa. He was the best freshman cornerback I ever saw at LSU. Wow. He wasn't good. He was dominant. And they didn't test him much as a freshman. He looked like he was going to be a phenom. And then injuries started to hit. And I think it did affect his play. Also, you got to look at it. He was in a defensive scheme as a sophomore that I just shook my head about. I didn't know what Bo Pelini was doing at LSU. My question mark about Derek, and I go back a ways because I remember watching his grandfather uh, when he was with the Patriots as a receiver. His dad was a really good player. You know, he has the genetics. He's got the will. But availability comes into mind for me. And that's why some teams are going to question it. You could make an argument. If he were healthy, he's the best prospect in this draft if he were healthy for three seasons. But that's an if, because he hasn't been. I think it slides him down the draft. I think still he'll be a top 10 or 11 pick, but I think Sauce Gardner is going to be the first cornerback off the board. There are less question marks, and availability matters in the NFL, especially when you're picking someone that high in the draft. He's an immensely gifted athlete, with ball skills you can't teach. Yep. He plays the ball like a receiver. But missing all that time, are you willing to pull that trigger that early? And I think that's why Gardner has overseeded him as the top cornerback in his draft class. Got nothing to do with talent. It's about is he going to last a 17-game season when he had difficulty making it through 12? I would say two things. Number one, the ball production, you're 100% right. He, his ball skills are as good as any corner that I can recall coming out in recent years. And, I, you know, I'm sure there's guys going back that I can't remember, but his ball skills are top, top notch. The one thing, if you're going to nitpick, and, I, and this is what I do, he had a tendency, and this can be cleaned up. And obviously in college, he could easily compensate for it, Mike, but he had a tendency in press man his first reaction was to get back on his heels. And I think that needs to be cleaned up because, like I said, he could camouflage that in college where he's not playing against NFL players. Well, obviously he's playing against a number of them who will be in the NFL. But I think that's one thing that they will work with him on because that's that was his first reaction very often when he was in playing mirror match press man is he'd just get back on his heels. 
you know what was funny? He got beat in the Alabama game two years ago, and exactly what you said, that's how Devontae Smith beat him. Yep. Remember and the so, play. I remember the play. And and so you get that he needs a little bit of technical work, but man, when you look at him, all the skills he's got athletically, isn't this the type guy? If you drew up a blueprint of a corner, that's what you that's what he would look like. Long, lean, fast, ball skilled at the highest level. But it all goes back to health. Will he be there for the majority of your season or 17 games? And it's a legit question because the technical stuff you can clean up. Yeah. I think a cornerback, defensive back coach can clean that up. But the health part, I think, is in question here. And I think this is why it has slid him a little bit on what everybody looks at as their top 10 or 11 players, more on the back end of 10 or 11 than on the front end. We did defensive tackles the other day, and I know someone that uh, kind of an under-the-radar guy that caught Greg's attention was Neil Farrell. What about you? Man, I love Neil Farrell. He's a big space eater in the middle. But the one thing that I really like about him, one, he's been well-coached. The one thing with Coach O, he's had 11 first-round picks on defensive linemen. So he's been well-schooled. Pete Jenkins, he's worked with him in the offseason. I know Papa Pete, 80 years old, and so, man, he's still coaching. But (laughs) it's his ability to steal a quarterback's launch pad. It's not that he's a great pass rusher, but he pushes that inside pocket, and that quarterback could not take that one, two step and walk into the throw. Farrell's right there. So he gets you on the move, east and west. You got to start moving. And I thought he had a tremendous senior season at LSU where he wasn't a really good player. He was an outstanding player for the Tigers in run support. But I think the big difference with him from his freshman season until today has been his ability to push that inside pocket and basically blow up a quarterback's launch pad. I think he's a middle to late third round pick in a very deep defensive tackle class. See, I couldn't agree more. I actually think that when you watch his tape, you see a guy that with more coaching and experience, and obviously Pete Jenkins, and I knew him, he was in Philly for a number of years, uh, and he's been doing this forever. Um, I think he actually really showed improvement as an interior pass rusher, Mike. And I think that down the road, he's going to be a three-down player in the NFL, not simply a run defender. Yeah, and the the other guy, too, to watch is Cordell Flock. Yep. Because when you see what he's done at LSU, he's played outside corner, he's played the nickel, he's played dime safety. The Saints have a player similar to him in P.J. Williams, who can do the exact same three positions. Man, that, that to me really is a big plus for Flott, who didn't get the ink, say, of a Christian Fulton or a Derek Stingley, but his versatility. Now, he's real thin, so he's going to have to physically get stronger. But his versatility, I think, puts him in the middle rounds. And I think he's going to be a really good NFL player. But I agree with you on Neil and that you can see in his hand, his ability to use his hands to get off a bot cleaner is much, much better. The sad story with this is Damone Clark. 
because oh, yeah. he, yep. he had an unbelievable senior season at LSU. Then they, like three or four guys every year, there's a medical, and they find out about the disc problem, and he'll miss 2022 in the NFL. But, man, that guy, if you chiseled out a linebacker, that's what he should look like because he's 6'3", he's 235 pounds, he can run like a receiver. Somebody's going to get one hell of a player late in the draft because I do think for Damone, that drops him. And the one thing with LSU, when you look at the talent, LSU, Alabama, Texas A&M, Georgia, all those guys were all recruited by the same team. Yeah. So either you get them or you got to play against them. That's what makes the SEC special. That man, if you got some big time talent, you better sign him because eventually you better figure out a way to have to play against them. That's a great point. And, and you know, real quick, you mentioned kind of the quote unquote other guys. Give us a little 30,000 foot view of the SEC and the other numbers. We said earlier in the week, just draft the Georgia defense and you're probably fine, right? You could just coach those guys for 10 years. So how good that group is and who are the other SEC players that if your team is in need of a big time talent, you should have your eyes open for a draft day. What's unusual, LSU is only going to have one first round pick and that's Stingley. Alabama is only going to have two, Evan Neal, Jamison Williams. That's it. In normal drafts, those two teams would have had six to seven total. Georgia may have five to six on one team. And this was early in the summer, right after Hurricane Ida passed. Uh, Coach Jenkins called me up because he sort of mentors the defensive lineman at Georgia and called to see how I was doing. And he was like, hey, Mike, you got extra money? You better bet it on Georgia. I ain't never seen anything like what these guys got. First and second team. So you're probably going to have four to six first-round picks from Georgia, I think the SEC is going to look a little bit different years down the road because of what's happening in College Station with Jimbo Fisher. I think that impact of what's going on there, and I think it's the biggest fear for every SEC coach, is that guy out there and the way it's set up today is going to land, and we saw it this year, land a ton of top talent. I think you'll probably see 12 to 13 SEC players going round one. I mean, it's dominant each and every year, and that'll continue. And, Mike, one more before we let you go then. How about the quarterbacks? You know, where where do you think the Pickett's, where do you think the Malik Willis's are going to end up in this draft? Because there are question marks around every quarterback. But as we know, teams are desperate for quarterbacks. They see the ceiling, like Malik Willis obviously has – it seems like a tremendously high ceiling, especially the way the quarterback position has evolved in today's NFL. Where do you think those guys go? I think both Pickett and Willis go in the top 10. I think that connection, Carolina and Kenny Pickett, I think that's there. Atlanta is looking for a young quarterback. Malik Willis is not ready for prime time yet. And you can see he's a bit of a bolter as a quarterback. If his initial read's not there, he takes off. It's like right across from me, uh, I have a pasture with wild horses. You can spook one of them, and they take off running. You look at Willis, his initial read isn't there, and he'll take off running with the football. He's going to have to become a better passer from the pocket 
because that's what this game's about. But I look at Pickett going certainly to Carolina, Willis going to Atlanta. Then I think the intrigue becomes where the third guy goes. Could it be Pittsburgh with a Desmond Ritter? And then I think some team late in round one is going to make a small maneuver to get Matt Corral. I think four going round one, and Matt, to me, I think he really played well this year, but he reminded me a little bit of a boxer. He found out he could take a punch, take a hit downfield, and he kept on running. And eventually that takes a toll on you. And you saw physically he wasn't the same guy from midseason on. But he made great strides under Lane Kiffin. A lot of connections there to the National Football League. Ritter becomes the wild card. Because I think some team or Detroit would pick Matt Corral late. But where does Ritter go? Anywhere from 18 to 26 in round one. And despite all that talk early, you're going to see those four guys going round one. Couldn't agree more. Awesome stuff. Mike, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. That is Mike Dettelier, who is a fountain of SEC football knowledge and, of course, the draft as a whole. Bob Oshusen, Greg Cosell will come right back and have some thoughts about what Mike had to say about the upcoming draft when we come back on Tapehead's draft season. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
Bob O'Shusen, Greg Cosell, right back here on Tapehead's draft season. Mike Dettelier was tremendous. Greg, a fountain of knowledge. A lot of interesting things that he said. You and I have talked a lot specifically about the prospects that he mentioned, but I thought, you know, there were some conceptual football draft ideas that he brought up that were interesting and maybe some things that we haven't touched on yet. The role of coaches, right, and how there is still in many organizations the delineation between the coaching staff and the front office, the general manager, and the scouting department. And the idea most of the time is that the GM and the scouts, we will draft the players. We're the ones doing all the homework on them. You tell us generally what you're looking for, but we are the guys that have really done the deep dive. We have done the homework. We will draft the team. You coach the team. And now, over the years, much more coach involvement in this process, according to Mike. I think you would agree. I certainly agree. I think the coaches are probably maybe putting their stamp on the draft room more than they did in years past in many organizations. And I think depending on the organization, Bob, that schism is getting bigger because as we discussed with Mike, I think coaches, they think about their scheme and players fitting within their scheme. Now, look, everybody likes great traits. That's not a a profound statement. Of course, everybody wants big, fast, you know, the usual stuff, whatever the positional traits demand, everybody wants top of the line. But there's not a lot of guys like that. So when all said and done, what do coaches look for? Coaches want players that can execute within the context of their scheme and their system at a high level. And that isn't always the guy that has a specific set of traits that everybody says, wow, those are great traits because there are not 30 or 40 transcendent players in every draft that can do anything. So I think that 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 schism, depending on the team, can be big. The other thing that really stood out that, uh, and you mentioned it as well, was the value of coaching. And it's funny, while Mike was talking about that, I thought to myself, one of the things I always think about when I'm watching Tate is what can be coached and what can't be coached. And I've talked with coaches about that through the years because it's always easy to say that, hey, this guy can't do that. Well, is it something he can't do because he's just not physically capable of doing it? You know, you and I are not going to run 4440s, Bob, no matter what we do. You know, that's just life. But then there's a lot of other things where I've talked to coaches and I'll say, hey, I watched this guy and I noticed this and our coach will tell me, oh, I can fix that in 10 minutes. So I try to think when I watch tape of what can be coached and what can't be coached because college football and the NFL is like this to a certain extent as well. But we know in college football that during the week, they only have 20 hours of coaching with the players and so much is scheme based, not individual based. There's much more individual coaching that can go on in the NFL and you always have to think about what can be coached to improve a player. And also the coaches, I mean, like they've got an ego, right? Like, as you said, like they, they'll see a guy yeah. that's rough around the edges, but if they see a player that has tremendous talent, coaches are always going to believe, well, if I get my hands on yes. him, I'll get that out of him. His college coaches, they couldn't get it out of him, but I'm an NFL guy. I'll do it. And, you know, that probably influences some of those decisions, or at least the coaches wanting to campaign for a guy as well, I would think. No, and you know, it's funny. It all goes back, and I don't know, uh, uh, you're probably familiar with the story. When Bill Walsh was with the Niners and they ended up drafting Charles Haley, there's a story, I assume it's true, I've read it in multiple places, where 
they were looking for a pass rusher. And they actually put on the tape of Charles Haley. And I think he was James Madison, as I recall. Does that, that that's correct, I believe. I think that's right. Yeah. And they watched two or three plays. And I guess on those two or three plays, Bill Walsh saw something that made him say, that's my guy. I, we're drafting Charles Haley because he showed something that Bill Walsh, obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time, believed he could get him to do that at a very consistent level because he saw it. Now, you know, I'm not that smart, Bob. I can't watch three plays and, and make that call. But I, I think there's a sense, and you hit it right on the head, that if coaches see traits executed on tape, even if a player does it not with the consistency you would like, even if it's just a flash, they always believe that they can take that flash and develop it to the point where that becomes ingrained in, in his game as opposed to just a once-in-a-while thing. And the other guy that Mike Dettelier touched on, a guy like Damone Clark, ah. right, that, you know, gets hurt, and Jamison Williams, same type of scenario, different injury, but now the same question. Absolutely no doubt about it, way higher in the draft, had an injury not occurred, but in today's world of medical science, we've seen guys get hurt in college, get rehabbed in the NFL, and become every bit as good, if not better, a player than we thought they may have been. And these guys sometimes become draft steals. Is that now looked upon differently in NFL draft rooms where now you might be looking to like rob the draft blind with a guy later in the draft because he slips because of injury rather than crossing a guy off the way you would 20 years, 30 years ago because of injury. Yeah, and that's a great point. I think that becomes team and organization specific because of where you stand. I really like Damone Clark's tape. And and I mean, while I haven't necessarily made a list of the top linebackers, he would probably be in my top five or six if I if I made that list. And my guess is he'd be a top 50, top 60 pick for sure. That's not going to happen now. But it depends on the team. If you feel you have a strong team and you think Damone Clark, assuming health after this surgery and the injury, that he's going to be as he was and you think he's going to be a high-level linebacker, maybe on a given team you can draft him in the third round and say, hey, you know what? He's going to be a great player. But there's not a lot of teams that can do that simply because they need players that they can play this year. But the other thing that I wanted to say in relation to the NFL is I think particularly on defense, Bob, where a lot of players play in different defenses, um, whether you have a base, whether you have – and base can be – multiple. Sub can be multiple. You might have a different sub defense on first and 10 versus third and 10. Might be different people. So on defense, you could be playing 18, 19 players throughout the course of a game. So the question is not what players can't do, because not everybody is great. We know that. And I had to learn that through the years. I was, I'd be watching tape 10 years ago and saying to myself, oh, this guy's not great. And, and then guys would play in the league for 10 years, and I'd, I'd have to totally reassess how I looked at players because a lot of guys play on defense. So I think what with so much sub-defense and so many guys playing, it's what are his positive traits? What can he do, not what can he do? And I think the coaches who think more in those terms within their schemes, you end up with better players and, and guys who help you more. And we are down the home stretch now. And we're two weeks away from the NFL draft. We'll be back next week as we take one more step towards draft night and go deeper into some of the prospects and what we expect to see when the teams start calling names. I think we've hit just about every position group 
And now the last couple of weeks, we'll start to circle back. Yep. We'll start to go back to the quarterbacks, back to the wide receivers, the pass rushers, the corners, the tackles, the names we know are going to get drafted high. But also, have any of the perceptions of those players shifted at all as far as teams are concerned? Because now the boards, they really start to become finalized. Now the teams start to hone in on exactly what they expect to do on draft night. So a lot to do. Thanks for listening. Please rate and subscribe and join us next week when we come back with more editions of Tapehead's Draft Season. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.